What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. I'm glad we're in a safe space today without Andy because mm-hmm. I don't like how good he looks at the standing desk. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate we're all just sitting here like schlubs, all right? Mm-hmm. We've worked a full three hours today. We don't <laughs> need to stand. We don't got to impress anybody, blessing, all right? We're going to sit here. We're going to talk about video games the way God intended it. I was just about to say it would be great if Blessing just started slowly standing up. With the <laughs> <laughs> he starts up with this, goes up like, what's up, guys? <laughs> the new face of video games, Blessing, at Area Junior, doesn't need to stand to impress me with that haircut, man. Oh, Ooh. thank you. It's a good one. I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that we're we're in a safe space without Andy Cortez, so that uh, he's he's not being so funny all the time. Because I feel like he's stealing all of our all of our shine, all of mm. our thunder when he's here cracking jokes about the dash mechanics and the parries. Yeah. It's like mm. I like dash mechanics and parries too, but you make it sound funny and cool, and so fuck that guy. <laughs> and making his return to the kind of funny games cast. It's been way too long. The dawn, Imran. I think standing is for cowards. What you really yep. need is like those like those like giant ball things that you sit on and like you can't be taken seriously while being on them, but they're supposedly good for the core. Dude, those things I don't trust them. And I know no, yeah. I probably should just trust them because like it's one of those things that's never burned me and I don't know anyone that's ever <laughs> burned, but I'm always scared it's gonna pop. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if all of this needs to be on all of that. Are we, talking about, are we like, talking about the exercise balls? Like the yeah. big ones? Yeah, dude, I've seen kids getting taken out by those things. People have been definitely been burned. Have you not well, seen like not the YouTube? Take it out. Like, <laughs> you, okay, I was gonna say, have you not seen the YouTube compilation when you're sitting? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. The, one of the most classic video online videos of all time is that guy opening the door, the ball just being thrown down, and knocking him out. <laughs> oh, I love it so much, Imran. How you been? I've been doing well. I, I just, feel like every time we have you back on the show, we need to have like a whole like update on your life and how things have been going. Uh, my entire life. So basically I've been, I got my vaccine or my first Yay. shot of my vaccine. Hell so yeah. I've been like, I've been ultra paranoid and cautious since then. Cause I don't want to be the, the idiot that gets the first shot of the vaccine and then gets the like COVID. It's like, shit, yeah. I missed it. Like did not get the second shot. So I've been doing nothing. I literally just been like, for the past month and a half, I've just been working on one feature, and that's all I've been doing for the entirety of my time. So it is nice to, like, as I am approaching the second shot later this week, I'm like, okay, I can finally start doing stuff again, like leaving the house for reasons other than food. So, yeah, that has been... I've got nothing to report. So, like, when you ask me, I, I'm freaking out because, like, there's nothing exciting. My life seems so boring right now. I, can't, <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Greg and I were just talking a, a little while ago about just like what a weird place video games are in right now. You know, it's like it, it just seems like when it comes to kind of funny games daily, when it comes to like everything, it's like there's not that much to talk about or it's kind of just iterations on a lot of the same things. Like next gen launch was so exciting. And now it just kind of feels like everything is either something's delayed or, hey, this game's getting a next gen patch that may or may not work right. Yeah. Or Cyberpunk. I saw I saw the headline this morning was about uh, for KFGD was about Comic-Con. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> That's not video game news. Like, what? hey, man, was there no news Comic- there's so much video game news happens at Comic-Con. You know, video lie. games happen at Comic-Con, you know, in yeah. a very small way. I've been to the video game section at Comic-Con because I was looking forward to it. It was my first ah, Emerald City lived. Comic-Con. I saw they had video games and I was like, oh, sweet. OK, Let's do right this. there. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out That's of here. Let me Emerald City Comic-Con. <laughs> it's still a Comic-Con. I'm not talking about the time I, the you know, when I went to the suburbs of Glen Ellen Comic-Con. That Emerald was one C- That's in Seattle. Yeah, I know it is Seattle. <laughs> but we're talking about San Diego Comic-Con. We're talking about the Comic-Con where you say Comic-Con and you know what I'm talking about. 
Now we have to say, oh, I mean, Emerald City Comic Con. Excuse me, everybody. I always think of LA Comic Con, but I guess San Diego Comic Con is the bigger one. That's WonderCon now. <laughs> is there Chicago <laughs> Comic Con, I'm sure? Or that, is that CTC? That, well, that, there used to be Chicago yeah. Comic Con, then it became Wizard World Chicago. Come yeah, on, Yeah, because you can't call everybody. it CCC. That's just dumb. That's a good point. Yeah. Because that's this point. is the kind of funny games cast. I guess that's the same we, 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 we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can watch this show live as we record it ad-free with the exclusive post show by going to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, just like, oh, so many beautiful, beautiful Patreon producers did. The nanobiologist, Tyler Ross, Joy, Joseph O'Yusuf, Trent Barry, Mizuki, Man Bear Paradox, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Sancho West Gaming, James Hastings, Elliot, and Casey Kern. Thank you all very much. But if you don't have some dollars to toss our way, that's absolutely cool. We love and appreciate you anyways. You can just go to youtube.com slash games or roosterteeth.com to watch it. Or if you want it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Cast. It will be right there for you. Uh, today, we are brought to you by FitBod, HelloFresh, and Gabby. But we'll talk about that later. I want to get right into what we've been playing, what we've been thinking about. Video games, video games, video games. And I want to start with a little bit of a continuation from last week where we were talking about the PS4 to PS5 upgrades, the Xbox uh, one to the Xbox series upgrades and all the complications one way or another. Last week, I was telling you guys that I was extremely excited for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake to, oh, wow, wow, Barrett, look at that. Some Dude, video I'm footage. on it, man. I'm fucking, shout out to GameSpy who made this uh, cool feature that I watched the other day. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, they the, the update came out last week, came out uh, late Thursday night. And um, as I've been talking about, I've been playing the hell out of this game. I have, I'm very excited to tell you, Greg, that I have um, somehow hit the point where I'm definitely going to platinum this game. Wow. It's, like, it's going to take forever and it's 100% not worth the investment of time. But you know what? I'm having a blast, <laughs> having a blast doing this over and over and over. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things. This is almost a PSA to the people out there. Be careful upgrading this game. Just like every other video game out there, there's a lot of issues. And I'll tell you what the issues are right now. On the Xbox side, it's just broken. If you update the game, you're fucked. There's like a 90% chance it won't even load. <laughs> you get the Series X version, you start playing, black screen. It just straight up won't work. You also when will they fix that? Hopefully soon. You can't update from a disc on the Xbox version. It is only digital. If, yeah. you, if you have a disc, you just have to buy a new copy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of issues on the Xbox side. Then on the PlayStation side, there was a, a big scare that I had, Greg. And this, I had a moment I don't understanding like what it might be like to be Greg Miller. Okay. To care so much about the, the dozens of hours I've put into this game, working, sure. chipping away at some of the bullshit trophies in this game. Just the, the sheer time that you have to put in, right? Can you imagine the feeling I had? When I was saying last week, like, oh, they already put out the update. You can already upload your PS4 save. They're going to make this whole process easy. They totally did. It was super easy. You upload it from the PS4, download it from the PS5. All of a sudden, I'm seeing my character. I'm seeing all my stats. Everything's great. Sounds but good so far. One issue, Greg. Yeah. No trophies popping. Yep. No trophies at all. And I'm like, well, that's really not good. Yeah. So I started looking into this, and I'm like, okay, well, I have so much of this game I have to play still that I'm going to repop most of the trophies anyways, so that's not that bad. But then I realized there's a couple trophies that you can only get once because it's like you get a trophy for unlocking this character. Sure. I already have the character unlocked. Exactly. And Been I'm there. like, oh, my God. Like, 
if, if this is what ends my attempt at this trophy, <laughs> like I'm going to cry. But the good news is there's a way around it. It's annoying as hell, but there is a way around it. Okay. You just have to, you need to upload your PS5 save, your new PS5 save to the cloud. Yeah. Then you need to go back to your PS4 version, redo the process of uploading the PS4 thing again, downloading it again on the PS5, and then update your save from the PS5 cloud save, and then the trophies pop. Wait, and everything's hold okay. Hold on, you need, to, you need to write this you down. Got, you, need, you need to write this down because I. So I, I, you asked uh, earlier in the day, bless, like what games have you been playing for Gamescast? I totally forgot that I did do the whole Tony Hawk save thing. I've been playing a little bit of the PS5 version. And the issue that I had at first was I kept trying to get into the PS4 version of Tony Hawk. And I like kept doing the thing where if you're playing it on PlayStation 5, you have to press options and then you go to game version and you switch to PS4. I kept doing that and it wouldn't open up the PS4 versions for some reason. And then I figured out that it was because I was opening up the app too fast after I switched it. And so what? you had to switch. Yeah, you had to click at least on, at least for what I was doing it. You had to click on the PS4 version. Wait a second. And then click into the game, and then it'll it'll process as the PS4 version, and that kept that that kept fucking me up. But then I did do the thing where I, I uploaded my PS4 save, downloaded the save on PS5, trophies didn't pop. I just assumed that it was fucked, and so I just didn't. I didn't even try. Yeah, there is a solution. So, so it's like it's nearly April. The PS5 came out in November. Shouldn't this thing be better than it is right now in terms of like firmware and features and all this shit that just were still problems like five months ago? Well, he, I mean, the problem, right, Imran, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that these problems will persist the entirety of the generation, and it's not the developers, right? It's the PlayStation. Right. The that's fact what I'm that they didn't figure out a way to make your saves just look at them. Oh, like the oh, Avengers PS4 is on this unit. There's an Avengers PS4 save on this unit. Great. You still need to upload it to play PS5 Avengers on this unit. Like, what the fuck? How does it not know to look for that? How? How? Get to Avengers later. But like the th the thing I'm talking about is like <laughs> stuff like Blessing talking about opening an app too quickly, or like I still get crashes on that thing. I still get like uh the weird stuff where it will just not download the right version. And will it will show me sure. when it won't play the right version by default. It's stuff like that that like, okay, you guys, I can understand that thing coming in very, very hot in November. I'm real confused why it's still a problem today. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. And like, honestly, last week on the show, I was talking about Crash Bandicoot and Avengers and a couple of these other games. And I was like, I am two for three when it comes to uh or deleting my ps4 version too early yes <laughs> remember Same. i'm now three for three because of this tony hawk situation i thought i was good i thought i was covered i was like oh, my up uh, my save is downloaded i'm fine and then i realized the trophy thing and i'm like well i already deleted the ps4 version so i have to fucking download it again <laughs> god damn guys <laughs> the thing with the avengers one is like I, I i had the ps4 version already installed i'm like okay i'm ahead of the curve i'm good here hit upload then, for some reason, I was so sure this would work that I went ahead and deleted the PS4 version to download the PS4. No, it wasn't I was so sure. It's I didn't have the space. I didn't know how to delete anything else. So sure. I was like, oh, yeah, Avengers should go. Deleted it. PS5 was like, there's no save here. What are you talking about? I don't see anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> and like, it did, to its credit, work the second time. But that was already, like, I had spent, at that point, like, 60, 70 gigs just downloading <laughs> Avengers yeah. for a game I'm really not that interested in playing. I just wanted to see. Sure. And, like, I don't have a... Thank God I do not have a bandwidth cap here with my ISP. 
if I did, I could not have been more pissed about like oh, yeah. every single aspect of totally. how much all that's that like sucks. sixty gigs away, and it's like, dude, that's sixty gigs out of a thousand gigs that I'll probably have for the month, and that's that's a lot, especially when you're working in video games or you or you're a video game fan and you're downloading a bunch of shit in a month because there's a bunch of game releases, yeah, and updates. Yeah. Uh, but bless, besides all the save and trophy and all that nonsense, like, what's your experience been with the next gen version of Tony Hawk? It's been fine outside of that. Like I've just been fucking around. When I when I when I played the game when it came out last fall, I mainly stuck to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 cuz that's the one I have the most nostalgia for and the most memory with. And so I played all my, uh, my way through that. And I think I did like the first level or so of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 but then bounced off of it to play something else. And so this time around, I've been jumping back into Pro Skater 1 and I've been enjoying it. I don't know if I'm going to stick all the way through it. Like it, it's that it's that fun thing of the like the game still plays very well like tony hawk pro skater one plus two is a very fantastically done remake of the original games but i talk about tony hawk tony hawk's uh underground 2 all the time and i still have that weird thing where i'm like man i wish i could get off my board <laughs> man i wish i could like what, what they call it sketching like on the uh, on the back of a car where you would like hold on to a car and yeah, it would drive yeah. you around i wish i could like you know take objectives from bam margera i i still have those weird things in me where i'm like okay this is fun but man, I kind of wish this was Tony Hawk me, Underground too. Give me Thug which and is Thug such a weird too, thing, baby. Know. You know give what? We had too. that. We had that dream blessing, but then you know, vicarious vision. It's, uh, it's not really a thing anymore. Yeah, they're so. not. They're not. Doing <laughs> the dream thing is anymore. dead. <laughs> wait for Skate to come save you. Oh my god, I That's can't different. wait. But it's Skate different. will not have Eric Sparrow. That's the problem. Yeah, Skate exactly. will have um, what's his name? The uh, Paul? No, Polly? Paulo? Steve-O, Because Paulie is the kid in the wheelchair, right? Yeah. Polly's the, the wheelchair, right? yeah. Polly's the kid in the wheelchair who's like all bandaged up. Yeah, and then Steve-O is the guy who, we all know Steve-O. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. I hope please. he's still alive. Doug <laughs> no, was, was, was the one that actually got me to play a Tony Hawk game, where I tried Tony Hawk, you know, way back in the day on people's units. I was like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. And I remember uh, in college, uh, somebody playing th- uh, Thug in their room, and I remember watching me like, Oh, this is amazing. I like went to GameStop that or EB that day and bought it. Yeah. Thug's awesome. Yeah. Remember when uh, you did the McTwist over the, the hotels the in Hawaii? Dude. And yeah, and then Eric Sparrow fucking uh claims Stole credit the for tape. it. I do fuck that. Dude, what a great <laughs> story. What a great skateboard story in that game. Fuck yeah. Beautiful. Uh I've been loving the update uh for the PS5 stuff. It's all the things you'd expect, like the you know, faster load times. I will say that after last week talking about Avengers and all that stuff, I'm a little let down that it's not that much faster. Like there's still a load screen. I kind of was thinking for something like this, it was gonna be just kind of instant because Avengers shaved off like an entire minute. Greg, you had a question? Yeah, but if you roll on, you just come back to me. I was going to be, you talked about the Xbox crashes and stuff. I hadn't heard about that. Did they fix that yet? Do they know what's causing that? As of last night on the Tony Hawk subreddit, it looked like it was not fixed. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen today, so maybe. But like, yeah, that that's just fucked into, it just won't even work. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is like, it looks, it does look better and it runs a little bit faster and stuff, but it already ran really great and looked great to begin with. So I'm not really noticing it, but it's the haptic feedback stuff that really dramatically changes how the game feels. And I don't know that I love it because the, the R2 button, there's so much resistance. Yeah. Every, for like, uh, when you do the revert and for shit. anything for revert or just switching or anything. And it's like, I, Tony Hawk's not the type of game that I want to fight the controller on, but it also does make it feel more like, oh shit, this is an engaging, immersive thing. And it's like definitely next gen, but I, I'm it to me is an example of third parties using the haptic feedback, but not to the measure and like success of an Astro Boy or a first party title that they're, they're putting out. So it's like, 
I'm excited that other guys are using it, but I don't know if it's going to to work out and like it's been a couple years if they're still going to be doing this because it, it does feel really gimmicky. Yeah, like yeah. during Avengers, I was like, okay, it's so cool to like have the Iron Man hand like give some resistance, some vibration, or have like Clint like do that. It makes it feel like you're actually shooting an arrow. But after like an hour, I was like, I'm, I don't need to do this anymore. It kind of hurts my hand. And also, you lasted I, way longer than me. <laughs> I got like, like I don't even know, five seconds into Hawkeye, and I was like, oh no! And like I went and I was like, you know what? Yeah, and I just went in and turned off haptic feedback. Yeah. I was like, I don't need the tension to feel the bow in this as, as much as I'm shooting. You know, I'm feathering attacks. I feel like as Hawkeye. Yeah, it's yeah gonna you, be you can like, turn it off in Tony Hawk as well. So, yeah. oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I, it feels like, like with like you mentioned Astro's Playroom. That game had such a light touch with it. Like it, it was, it was constant. But it wasn't bothering me in anything I was trying to do. With other stuff like like Avengers and I assume like Tony Hawk, it's cool. But I I have a main goal that is interrupting. Yeah, yeah for me it it was it was either Fortnite or Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I I can't remember which one, but it was definitely a shooter that I was playing where I. Uh, it was it was probably Call of Duty because that's faster pace. I wanted to get the drop on somebody uh, who I saw, and I went to shoot, and there was that resistance for a second. And I was, and it, it was this weird, weird brain thing because the PS5 still feels somewhat new that I didn't register that like, oh wait, I can press the button. I just gotta hold it uh, uh, or press it harder in order in order to make it actually go. Um, and yeah, like I'm with you guys that I, I think there there needs to be some sort of, I, I guess, growth and development when with developers working with the dual sense and understanding how it works or how to use it best because the f- playstation first party stuff i think has had more of a delicate touch with it like you look at spider-man miles morales and in the way that that factors into the web swings like that that was done in a way that you wouldn't like like you, you would you would pull in the r2 but it was at the very end of your pull in where you would have that little bit of tension that made it feel a bit cooler but didn't stop you at all like it didn't really it wasn't like a pull through thing it was more so of a here's like this extra level of texture to your button press which is a really cool thing and all it kind of reminds me a little bit of i guess the touchpad with the dualshock where a few years a few years in you saw developers here and there start to find cool ways to use it and i I don't think that ever reached full full potential but in witcher 3 i think if you swiped up on the touchpad that would open up your map and if you swiped another way that would open up a different menu and for me that was a that was a great use of that that i wish we saw way more developers use in their games uh but i remember days gone did that pretty well too where every Mm. direction you swipe took you to a different section of their menu yeah, and I, I wonder if we're going to see that uh, a few years down the line with the DualSense where we find really cool ways that developers are like, oh, yeah, we can use triggers in order to indicate this specific thing or in order to let the player know this specific piece of detail in the game that is going to clue them into something cool. Yeah, now yeah, that last... like, Astros and Miles Morales are out, I'm hoping that like developers can see that and go, okay, now we get it. We didn't have like full documentation or a full grasp on this before, but now we know what ideally this should be. Yeah, totally. Last week, you were talking a little bit about uh, Spider-Man and the uh, the update. What was it called? It wasn't performance. It wasn't fidelity. It was the... Uh, RT, RT performance. RT performance. Uh, and since then, it's like Insomniacs added even more things, more stuff to, yep. to Miles Morales, a new suit, and plus the, the Ratchet update is out for 60 frames per second. Looks Shout great. out to Insomniac, man. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just... It's so awesome. And, like, I am excited for Rift... I'm more excited for Rift Apart now, where... I wonder how they're going to deal with the the haptic stuff. Like, is that going to be fun? Because I can imagine with Ratchet's arsenal of guns and all the different weird effects and things, like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm right there with you. They're kind of carrying that console right now. (laughs) I I cannot wait to because I started I started playing Ratchet and Clank. I think Greg probably started too for PS I Love You because it's our book club this month. And use the right name. The sorry uh, hashtag PS We Played This this month. That I think. 
Yeah, I think that's it. Or <laughs> no, you're PS, right, we played this. that. Yes, <laughs> we played this. Um, and I started play, playing about the first three levels, and the game looks awesome still. Like even though it's a game that came out in 2015, but there there are things here and there where I'm like, or 2016, there are things here and there where I'm like, oh man, okay, this is the, this texture isn't as hot, or like this scene doesn't look as good as it probably felt in 2016 when I first played this game. And now that they've dropped the 60 FPS patch, and like they they dropped it early. I'm super excited to jump into it and see how it looks because I think it looks great. A, yeah, I, I was playing thing. this afternoon, like because we had had that conversation, right? And yeah, jumping into it, like it, it feels and looks way, way better just with that uh, little minimum of an upgrade, yeah. right? Whereas when we were playing before, we were like, okay, yeah, this feels like a 2016 game. Like just putting that level of polish on it, I think really helps. So, so they dropped it today. Yeah. Yep. It's already oh, out. Damn. Shadow so drop. Cool. You know, and they said they'd get to it in April, but here it is. Yeah. Damn. So cool. How about that? Well, hey, Imran, yeah. do you have anything you wanted to add about Avengers? Oh boy. Um Yeah, that game's still not great. Like I I I've, I've relitigated this like in post and over Twitter and stuff like that, but like over I think what really comes out at me even after that update is the fact that they can't do anything interesting with the levels because everyone has to be able to do the levels. Right? So I'm playing like this Kate Bishop stuff and the Clint stuff and like it would be cool if I don't know what exactly they would do, but if they had a level based around the fact that you are two archers that are like able to do these things that other characters necessarily cannot do, but they can't because other characters have to be able to go through them. And I think that's what ultimately is limiting that game for me is that it's not going to be delivering on the fan service angle because they like, you can't get all those voice actors back in for every single update. So the fact that I'm doing this Clint campaign that Captain America has nothing to say about at all, even though his entire thing is, I wonder if I should go back to the Avengers, and the leader of the Avengers is right there, just not saying a damn thing. Like, that doesn't do it little for me on fan service. The gameplay isn't really doing it for me anymore. Like, the game is improved, but it's not improved enough. And I think I'm, I'm, like, I'm still there for, like, as a neutral, unbiased party for Greg Miller's 2021 bet about whether at the end of this year, Avengers will be You're a gonna good go, game. It's pretty good. We'll we'll see, but like as of this update, not it's not there yet for me. Greg, I'm sure you've been playing Avengers, but we don't need to talk about that. You've <laughs> talked about it a whole bunch. I want to hear it. about a game called Cozy Grove. Cozy we're gonna Grove. Get, we're going to get Joey Noel to pop in here. You got to get Joey Noel in here. I see her well. in the chat, of course. Uh, right now, when we were talking about Ratchet, Joey says, of course, they upgrade everything in Ratchet and Clank when I only have the final boss left, lol. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing we will do is sell Joey. I'm going for the Platinum as soon as she gets in here. I'm excited for her to face that final know. boss because that's a really fun final boss, too. Yeah. Hello, Joey. Hello. Joey, so we see you in the chat here saying you only have one mm -hmm. boss left in Ratchet and Clank and you're upset about That's the correct. 60 frames. Platinum it. Come on. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. I was yeah. trying to platinum it and uh -huh. then one of the gold bolts uh, just totally, like I went and got it and then uh, I went back on the map and the little section where it was isn't there and it's not popping and I can't go back and get it and it's really upsetting. Damn. Oh my God. So you got to start games. over, then platinum it. <laughs> 60 frames per second. You know, I don't. It'll go twice like as fast now. Much to play it twice, it's like. <laughs> Joe, are you gonna are you gonna come on our uh, hashtag PS? We played this. Sure. Our book club. Yeah. PS love. All right, we're recording Monday. Come on over I on Monday. It. Okay, yeah. I have to finish it by Monday. Yeah. Uh, Joey, instead of that, let's uh, clear the mechanism. Talk about something a little bit more friendly. Cozy Grove. How far are you in Cozy Grove? I've been playing. I know you've been playing. And uh, if you're not watching it right now as it goes through, the easiest way to describe it is Animal Crossing, but the resident, the villagers are ghosts. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm on day seven or eight. Nice. Nice. I think I just got a little badge thing. It's very, very cute. I love the art style for it. Um, and then, yeah, you're this cute little spirit scout and you go around and you help do all these tasks for these little uh, ghosts. And it's so cute. I love that it's made to be you only get like a certain number of tasks a day that you can do. So I like that I'm not just sinking like hours and hours and hours into it. Yeah. And that it gives me something it, like I just get really excited to like play a little bit more every day. I think it's paced out really well. Um, if people have played spirit fair i feel like you're really gonna like this as well because it has kind of similar um vibes of like doing little tasks for spirits and stuff like that um there's no like travel mechanic like there is in spirit fair where you're going across them like a huge sailing ship map thing um but it's really fun i just kind of started playing or i started looking more at like the badges and stuff mm -hmm. of like all the cooking that you have to do and crafting and all of those mechanics and it's really fun <laughs> yeah i'm having a blast um, like, with it too i like that um when you the more things you do like the more obviously filled out the map gets and the more colorful and stuff it gets which i think is really pretty and cute yeah um, so again if you're an audio like person the, what i think oh, yeah. is interesting about the art style that you can't see is yeah adorable art style overlay that reminds especially the clock and day you're on reminds me a lot of animal crossing and the gameplay in general reminds me a lot of animal crossing but the idea is that yeah you are the spirit scout you come to this island of lost souls and as you start talking to them and they're all bears uh is you do their tasks right their hearts fill in to advance the story but then they also fill in with color which then spreads out around them and you can craft or unlock these different lanterns that you can put there to kind of string together the color to make it go but it is this idea of trying to bring color back to it but also send these spirits on their way by helping them with their tasks which are they range person to person they all have this, there's bigger tasks like uh, today I got, i'm sure you already have it too joey uh the pirate gave or not pirate one of the other guys gave me a grog cup that i don't know what mm. it's for but it's it, the game is very clear in its objectives of we're, hey this is a thing that'll be a quest item it's maybe not today maybe not tomorrow it's, some of these take place over a longer period of time and again the game is also very upfront about yeah they want you playing 20 to 30 minutes a day and that's it like mm. that's the you turn it on you go in there's a campfire in the middle of your your campsite uh, that you talk to and you do things with, obviously, and not obviously, we do things with it in terms of burning things, in terms of it being your portal to put things into your uh, tent. You can upgrade your tent as well. But one of the main things you're doing is going through and getting spirit logs, which you get for completing one of the main objectives of the day. And so when you go to that the thing and you toss in a spirit log or just talk to the fire, the fire's like, awesome, I can sense that there's two more spirit logs around here. And as you go around and knock out, you know, this guy wants this thing or wants you to go craft this thing which means you have to go get you know these mushrooms or this wood or these branches when you come back in and drop in it counts down and eventually he does go all right cool those are all the spirit logs for today like make sure you come back tomorrow and then for me personally that's when i turn it off and go play something else uh, i either start or end my night with it usually and what i find endearing about it is that you could sit there you could grind you could go and pick up seashells and the, you know there's uh, there's a uh, leaf piles and little thing little holes to dig up that would give you you know a potato fishing. exactly you could go and grind out these things that you could then sell to the guy in town who you know gives you coins for your stuff and then you could buy more stuff you could you know go and craft all that stuff into things but the idea is that the game isn't meant to be played that way and i'm 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 day six i think joe and it's one of those i'm not feeling the pressure of i need to hoard everything it was very much today of like okay cool man i got way too much lettuce let's just sell a bunch of lettuce and get this trophy to pop and then chill out and come back tomorrow yeah reb yeah. reb just 
described this game to me. She was saying, like, she described it as more story, less capitalism than Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that makes sense from what you're describing of you don't have to do everything. You don't have to, like, min-max your time. You have to just, like, enjoy yourself, and that's it. Yeah, it's very much about building out, like, you know, your own little campsite. And, like, my, my, like my campsite is still super basic. I've just – the things I've unlocked, I've plopped down there. And then, I like, I had that little table. And I'm like, I should make a chair. But I haven't actually gone through the trouble of running around to make the chair yet. Uh, Barrett, can you bring up the picture that I sent to Assets? I love Joey's character so much. <laughs> it is so perfectly Joey. Yeah. It's so I love the art style. I bought the glasses. I bought the little pink hoodie. I, I have it. new glasses now, and now I have a cute little uh, poofy earmuffs that are very cute. <laughs> yeah, mine uh, Mine fun. was obviously just trying to make uh, Taylor Swift the best I could and go through and do uh, whatever <laughs> I could to make her look like that. But I like your outhouses there, Joey. Very nice, right? <laughs> and like, But it's the same thing where stuff's just plopped everywhere. I haven't done, like, strategic placement. And that's the thing. I Like, you know, I feel very much about it, especially in the way it's working of these short bursts of – I put it all, I'm getting things and I'm just throwing them down. And the more things I throw down, the more I start to envision what I'd want to do at the campsite or the world and go spread that out. But for me, it is more about right now, still getting the feel of what the daily grind is going to be for it and running through it. Yeah. What I do appreciate about it is that um, if you, if, cause I know that I get stuck in the thing of like, oh, I've just gotten into the groove and now there's nothing left to do, but it does give you the options to like go fishing or forage and like do all of the side, like crafting all the, or cook all the recipes or crafting all the little items or submitting things to like the pseudo museum and stuff like that. So there is more stuff to do, even though you don't have any like main goal objectives if you but i don't feel like he's breathing on your neck to do it right like that's the thing where i feel like in you know one of the things you and i complimented animal crossing on during our review time was that you know nook miles were a game changer where it was like cool even when stuff shut down even when i can't do anything i was expecting to do i can still go and grind those miles out and do that and like okay go 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 and like uh you know uh imran like a reb was saying like right of the capitalism angle of it accrue 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 so i'm ready to do something here i don't feel that pressure and even like the music track for it is so chill like the oh, game is so good i just leave the it game on in the is background so ch- exactly the right yeah you only can turn it up and try to get up to the microphone but the game is just so chill about like what it, like just hang out you know oh, what yeah. i mean i like this let's just walk around this island and talk to some bears that are ghosts that you know one's mixed up with a seagull and another one thinks he's Fly made of wood awesome let's do it you know what i mean you got cozy, these birds cozy's to- a good name for the game cozy and that's the idea and like you know, oh, I guess I should have said this a long time ago. My apologies. Uh, Pop Agenda doing PR for this, obviously. Uh, my wife's company. I obviously don't like most of their games usually. So this is <laughs> like, I'm not, this isn't some weird payoff for it or whatever, right? Uh, but it is the idea that like, hey, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But like, as soon as I started it up, right? Like I, I literally turned to her at character creation. And I was like, I love this. Like this is checking all the boxes for me in terms of like a cute art style, cute character, ghosts. Like let's go. Like let's just go out there and be a part of it and put as much (laughs) as you want into it. Yeah, I'm really, really digging it. And like, you know, blessing. One of the things we were talking about on uh, PS, I love you about it, right? Was like the length of time to go with it and. It's going to be fascinating because Animal Crossing is that thing I binged and I and I don't even want to say burned out on. I just binged it, right? I mean, I went on for like 
I don't know, three months, I'd say, really, really, really playing that just about every day, if not in the first few months every day. And this one, I love the idea of just the check-ins, right? And the trophies I was looking at, I couldn't see them before, but now they're up or whatever. And, you know, you could see them technically, but I wasn't really looking into it. But, like, play on multiple days for Punctuality Elite is, like, play on 90 days. And then it's, like, the trophies for playing multiple seasons of four, like, you know, waiting to come back. Like, I really do see it being something I leave on my hard drive for, for not forever, obviously, but for a really long time and do just check in. Because, again, like, it's not a time commitment. It is that thing of cool, I'm getting ready to get into Outriders or I'm getting ready to play whatever I want to play tonight or I'm winding down and want to go to bed but I don't want to start something new and I don't want to get into a bigger mission. Joey, do yeah, you have any closing my, thoughts on this? It's just turned into like my nice little like morning routine where like <laughs> I make coffee and I play Cozy Girl and I'm like, this is great. I've been needing a game like that and I feel like Animal Crossing has been a little too much. Like now it's like, I haven't logged into Animal Crossing in like months so I'm like, oh, I don't want to turn it on because there's too many things to do and this is just like really accessible and not overwhelming and i appreciate that you can get a wario costume joey uh yeah that's not really selling me on anything and now it's the egg the bunny oh, the, the bunny's bunny back. Is back and all the the eggs and, and i don't know all i bought all my i bought all my mario away. stuff yeah and i was just like the bunny popped back up i'm like i don't need, i'll be i'll come back later i don't need to deal with this guy <laughs> oh we got a real anti-bunny agenda here but all right Dude, you don't know. All right, you didn't live through Bunny Day last year. You didn't live through Bunny Day last year. We so creepy. You try and fish, just eggs. You try and catch balloons, just eggs. (laughs) Just eggs. So many eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Blessing. Yo. You've not been playing Cozy Grove. No, I've not. But you have been playing Narita Boy. Yeah, I have been playing Narita Boy. So Narita Boy came out today. Uh, It's on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, and this is a game that Snowbike Mike actually put me onto. This is one, this is one that was part of the ID at Xbox presentation that was going down late last week. And it's a Game Pass game, and so I downloaded it there. Basically, what it is is a it's a side-scrolling 2D action game with pixel art, kind of reminiscent of Katana Zero quite a bit because it has the the fun neon colors, lots of purples, lots of blues, uh, lots of like trippy trippy sequences that it does with this art style and it has like this focus on uh like going digital and a bunch of shit i've played only a few hours now and i am very confused about what's going on in the game it has one of those narratives that's like filled with jargon and it is it very much puts you in its world as i understand it you're you are in this digital space and you're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with like a certain character and figure out like try you're trying to unearth their memories and try to under, understand a bunch of shit uh but you get in there and I, it <laughs> it's it's like it has kind of a metroidvania kind of setup because you go in and you you explore this world quite a bit you talk to different characters who are telling you about all this shit about the digital world and they're like oh yeah you can fucking f- you're you're a son you're the you're, you're a son of the trichoma or like you, of you know course. You pr- pray to the fucking I don't, like pray to the zeros and ones. It's a bunch of shit that it, that that is like mixing the, in this digital ones and zeros kind of kind of style that it has with a bunch of other kind of cool shit. And aesthetically, aesthetically, even though it's kind of all over the place, it's pretty cool. Like visually, it is one of the most beautiful hot pixel art two D games I think I've played. And then also from a soundtrack wise, the music is bumping and like. Just from a pure aesthetic standpoint, this game is incredible. If you're looking at it right now, if you're watching the video version, right, like you're, you're seeing the character, you're seeing him wave his like wave his sword, get into fights, dodge a bunch of shit. 
And that's pretty much what the game is. Uh, and I really love how the game looks and sounds. The way the game plays, I'm not as big of a fan of. Mm. Because I would say, from what you see when the character swings a sword, right? Your main character, he swings a sword and he gets into combat. The combat, I think, looks way cooler than it actually feels to play. When you actually get into the the mechanics of it, like the combat very much is, all right, you, you can press <clears throat> square to, to, to slash. You press... R2 for like a, sh a fun like shotgun blast move. Hold it, you get to do like a blast across the screen. Uh, and then it's like LB to dash. And so Andy would love this game. Um, <laughs> and like the mechanics honestly don't go that far beyond that, at least for where I'm at in the game. They haven't, they haven't uh, uh, looped in much more yet. And I, I can kind of feel that they're probably building up towards more because it does have this Metroidvania setup. But so far, the combat does feel kind of simple. Like, the enemy design is cool, but they all kind of attack the same way. And when you're hacking and slashing, it doesn't feel like this fun, dynamic thing. It doesn't remind me of Katana Zero. Katana Zero, I think, had a fun, like, you know, one hit and you're dead and you're, go you're going fast and you feel like you have all the power. I feel like this game moves way slower than that. And it doesn't feel as satisfying when you, when you take enemies out. And then for what the exploration has been so far, there the... The game gives you objectives. If you press the select button, it'll bring up like a number of objectives that you have, but they're very unexplainative of like what is it you're really supposed to do? Like it's stuff like go talk to X character so you can open up X environment, but you don't really know who that character is and you don't really know where that environment is. Like it tells you to go places and you're like, cool, where is that place? Cause there's no map in the game, at least so far for where I'm at. I've not, I've not had a map, which I feel like is very not good for a Metroidvania. Like I've, sure. I've backtracked back and forth in this game and have, and have, uh, uh, I've, I've gotten in, I've gotten into, into the place quite a few times where I'm kind of running in circles and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go because the game is not really telling me where to go or give you, even giving me the option of pulling up, pulling something up to figure out where I'm supposed to go. Uh, and so that's, that's been somewhat frustrating and yeah, like I, I'm, I'm into it because I'm into it because again, I'm feeling the vibes of the game. I'm feeling the aesthetic. I, I kind I kind of enjoy what they're doing with like the weird, weird narrative that they're, that they're, uh, throwing forth, but Gameplay wise, it's not captiv captivated me too much. Like I'm kind of in that weird middle space with it. You don't seem I to watch... be uh, too like other. Uh, I, I was looking up other reviews uh, while you're talking, and you don't seem too out of the ballpark. Uh, how other people feel as well. IGN gave it a six out of ten from Mitchell Saltzman, who I trust with uh, mm -hmm. these types of games. Oh yeah, Mitchell Saltzman is a very then, good reviewer. Uh, yeah, he's great. Salt of the Earth. Yeah. Uh, P uh, and then PC Gamer gave it a seven out of ten. I watched yeah. a video today, uh, it came up on my Twitter feed, of like someone saying, this is why I could not finish my review of Narita Boy. And it was just like a level, like a, a runner level that looked like honestly really terrible. Of them pointing out everything that was like, you can't see the enemies on this thing. Or the obstacles are like blend into the background and you have to jump over them. But if you jump, or if you jump, you'll probably hit an enemy because they're all weirdly placed. And like that was the kind of thing of like, I could see myself playing a game up until right this point, and I'm giving up forever. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds like uh, Battletoads a bit, like the endless, <laughs> yes, no. like the endless runner level level in that. It's it sounds a lot like Battletoads, and Battletoads is a game I also should have given up forever halfway through. <laughs> uh, Imran, mm -hmm. are you giving up a game called Everhood? I I have finished Everhood, so I'm not giving that game up. I. Okay, so I feel like I'm going to be talking mostly to Blessing on this one. Blessing, have you played Everhood yet? No, I've not. I don't, even, I don't even know what Everhood is. So it is the newest in a long line of Undertale likes. Um, oh, I do know what it is. Yes. I've seen gameplay of it. 
It is a game where the overworld is very much like a slightly more high fidelity Undertale, and the actual like when you get in battles in Undertale, you you are a small heart dodging attacks that are like often set to somewhat somewhat set to music or like at least make it the music makes the actual battles a bit better. They take that idea further in Everhood to the point where it is basically a guitar hero or like a uh, audio surf or. What oh was that? God. Yeah, that this kind of game. Cool. Like you're speaking note, my language. Yeah, the Note Highway track, and every single battle is a different one. It is a like they all have different songs. They have different patterns. It it's a really really neat idea because it is the same Undertale style thing of you're not actually battling. You are just avoiding ha- art attacks, and it is just a left right pattern. You don't have like the main thing in the game is you need, you're just trying to get your arm back. So you're going through by people who are like trying to stop you for some reason. There is a how do I put this? Uh, there's a very much an Undertale Undertale style twist that changes okay. that game up quite a bit. I'm not going to talk about it. Is is I, it I, is it a pacifist thing? It is someone along those lines. Yes. Okay. I, I have I did an interview with the developers that is like going to go heavy in the spoilers. So like I will I'm I'll advertise myself and say that's coming in the next week or so. But like where can I get that? You can get that on fanbyte.com where gotcha. I write. But yes, like it's it's basically a here's a bunch of it's a cast of very odd characters that you were kind of just coming into this world and like it is extremely, extremely influenced by Undertale. Yeah, the point where, it like, seems like they're leaning into it. That last shot with the group with the group shot looked very Undertale. Right. And it's like it uses uh what's the, the font name? Sysfix or whatever to like it's the Undertale font, basically. Mm-hmm. And it it tr- it's basically ha- if you play Undertale and went, okay, I kind of wonder what would happen if a different choice was made. Like that is what Everhood is. It's a little, it's a little short because basically you do that four hours of like up until like the mid game twist, and then you do another four hours. It's a very similar, but that game also it says, it says a lot of things about transhumanism and death and Eastern philosophy that I think are interesting. And I, I'm not sure I recommend that game to people as like, hey, if you love loved Undertale, you'll love this. But if you found Undertale interesting, you will find this game interesting too. How's the music? It's from a bunch of different composers, so there's no like... Um, uh, unlike Undertale, there is no like cohesive one theme for everything that like it gets built upon and like stuff like that. But there's a bunch of good songs in there. And some of them don't quite hit quite as well as the others. But some of them are like, okay... This is not only fun to play, this is fun to listen to. So I I enjoyed most of the tracks in that game. There's some that are like, I don't want to say duds, but didn't fit for like my musical preference. Mm. It is not on Game Pass, I don't think, but it is it is on Switch and PC. Yeah. I would suggest the PC version. Like okay. the, run well on Switch? Uh not really. I've had numerous things where it either hard locked or I thought it hard locked and then it skipped like to the end of a cutscene. Oh, or load screens that were like 20 to 25 seconds. Mm. So like PC apparently fine. Switch for like they they said they're gonna clean it up. They also said they did not expect it to be, become this big that they just made it's like a uh two people in like one's in Spain and one's in Sweden, I think. So like they thought it was just a small project they were doing, like it kind of came out of i think it came out of a game jam but like 
there it's also kind of rife with typos because they did not again didn't expect it to be that big so i saw them on like the <laughs> steam community forums that were like yeah no we're gonna fix all this we didn't expect this game to sell well so <laughs> yeah it's I, like I, it's I, getting like overwhelmingly positive reviews and like a bunch of people are talking about it on steam yeah it's of the undertale likes i have played i think this is probably my favorite so far i've yet to play omori which i also hear is a very good one but like this is a really cool one and I wish it went a bit harder on the themes it was talking about, about like, there's a really cool aspect of transhumanism in it. I'm like, okay, I want to explore more of it, but then they really don't really talk about it much more. And when I say it is Undertale, like, the end just straight up copies Undertale. Like, it is, oh, this is just no different. This is exactly the same thing in your your battle system. So... It's a, it's, I don't think they have any illusions about what kind of game it is. The fact that the main character is just Gino from Mario RPG. I was just about to say, it was yes. like, this is Gino, right? Like, like yes. On a, like, I don't think I've ever seen a character design that's this blatant a copy. Yeah, it's, they're, they wear the inspirations on their sleeves very much so. So, like, you go in knowing that stuff, and to some extent, it does, like, it does move past those inspirations pretty well, and to some extent, it also gets caught into them. So, I would suggest Blessing, you give it a shot. But yeah, yeah. I, like I, that. This might be an interesting, interesting experiment for me because I remember I think it was like a week or so ago I saw Reb tweet out a screenshot of this game, and when I saw it, I thought Toby Fox had released Ultarune. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I he like, would just do that shit. Though, yeah, <laughs> he would. He would. I was like, "When the fuck did this come out? Who? Why? Like, why didn't anybody tell me?" And then I realized it was a different game, and I moved on from it. But it would be a fun, fun experiment to try out to see, like, all right, did I love Undertale because it is this fun pixel art rpg that's a throwback to earthbound and uh rpgs that i like uh or you know it, it can it can another game come through and do the same thing and pull me in mm. right like I, I part of me part of me thinks i'll go into everhood and just be like nah this ain't it this ain't this ain't <laughs> undertale therefore i don't like it but i'm down to try it like it it, it looks a lot like undertale so yeah you yeah. could beat that game in a weekend and i suggest if you do start playing it get to at least the middle to see how you feel about that twist and then once that happens, then you can try to like go like okay, either I'm feeling this or I'm not. You know what? I'm gonna download it. Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm extremely it. into this, so I'm also gonna check this out. There you go. I've been waiting for something like this. Before we move on, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by FitBod. Don't get stuck doing the same workouts. Making progress towards the future you means overcoming new challenges. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjusts to you and how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. No workout is one size fits all. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts to you so you stay challenged with new exercises, pacing, and intensity based on where you are and where you want to be. How do we know so much about FitBod? Because the one and only Gia Tap Harris, that's right, Tim's fiance has been using it and she loves it. She says it's awesome how it tracks what she's up to, what she's been doing. And again, as we said on top of this, it keeps her motivated by not doing the same thing over and over. Every time she turns it on, there's something new there. There's a new adventure, something new to chase, of course. Uh, FitBod understands that the path to achieving your best looks is different for everyone. Uh, FitBod creates a program based on your unique body, experience, and environment. Their algorithm uses 
data and analytics to help you build on your last workout to maximize your results. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBod workouts are balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercises to keep you sharp. No equipment, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBot is super easy to use and even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with other fitness health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 for a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBod today, and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash kfgames. That's 25% off at fitbod.me slash kfgames. Our next sponsor is HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip the trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 10 to 20 minute meal recipes, uh, low prep recipes, and quick breakfasts and lunches, perfect for your busy schedule. With 25 plus recipes to choose from every week, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. And all recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs with nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Uh, how do we know so much about HelloFresh? Because we've all used it at one time or another. I believe right now Joey is using it. She loves it. She keeps getting on it. I think she just made some ragu the other night that was delicious. Uh, I've used it myself, and you know how much I love cooking. What I love about HelloFresh, obviously, is you get the pre-portioned ingredients, uh, the step-by-step instructions. You just get to follow along. So in the beginning of the week, you can plan out what you want to eat. Then at the end of your workday, you get to go in there. Pick the one you want for that day. Bam, go. You don't have to think about it. Did I get this? Did I miss this ingredient? Oh, man, you, there's something on the shopping list you forgot all about. You don't have to worry about that. It's all ready to go for you. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash KindaFunny12 and use the code KindaFunny12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash KindaFunny12 and use the code KindaFunny12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And the final sponsor of the day is Gabby. When it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? You know we all do. That's why Tim put his test or his policy to the test and turned to Gabby. Uh, they literally stand for get a better. I didn't know this. Get a better insurance. That's what Gabby stands for. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage. Who knew something like this existed? You did, because Gabby's been awesome and sponsored us for a long time. But nevertheless, if you haven't used Gabby, let's see, talk more about it. They are the one true comparison platform with all real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current insurance coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers all in one place. You use your current information uh, to get started and in just a few minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have and it's free to use that's what tim did he went in there he said let's see if i have the best uh, car insurance he went mr robot kind of noises and then gabby said you know what you do and tim wasn't charged anything he wasn't uh, besieged with robo calls gabby is just there to help even if you have the best coverage it turns out they're like cool we just wanted help and if you don't they'll help you 
Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info, so no annoying robocalls. Put your policy to the test like Tim Gettys did. Get a better get better insurance with Gabby. Uh, it's totally free to check out, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash kind of funny. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash kind of funny. Gabby.com slash kind of funny. Now, Imran, the main reason we brought you back today is to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. I've Huge been complaining game. on Twitter how you guys have not been talking about Monster not, Hunter Rise. Haven't said shit. Haven't said shit. We needed you. You're the I man. I wasn't in the, the myth, mood for this one, Imran. It didn't hit at the right time for me to be in the mood character. for it. I character. <laughs> well, let's talk about, about the game it. then. Let's like, go. So I've been playing this game for about 100 hours. Nice. Uh, I, I did play it pre-release, so like a lot of that is not, it's not just all been crammed into the last like five days. Uh, it is... I think I've been playing, so I've played Monster Hunter. I've played a little bit of Monster Hunter over the years. Uh, I got a decent bit into Monster Hunter Try, really got into 4, and really, really got into World. Like, World I played, honestly, up there at about 500 hours. Uh, I think this is the best Monster Hunter, this best playing Monster Hunter game I've played. Wow, why? Because, you know, I was big into World. I liked the PSP ones. Why is this one set it apart, set itself apart? So... It's a lot of the, like when you start these games, there's a lot of learning curve of what mm-hmm. is actually different here. And there's a lot of me resisting that learning curve of going, no, I, this works fine for me. Why do I need to use these new features? Like I've been, I've played World enough that I can just go up to a monster and slap it on the head with a sword and like that's it. But once I start <laughs> doing those new features, I can't go back anymore. Like, mm. so the two things that really differentiate Rise are. The Palamute, who is your dog-based companion. Previous games had a cat called the Palico. Mm-hmm. The Palamute is... He is way dumber than your cat. He does not do a lot of stuff... He or she does not do a lot of the stuff your cat does. However, they also have new features. Like, you can ride this thing into battle, or, or during battle or around. And it will also just, like... It will attack for you. It will do various other things a lot more aggressively than the cat does. So, like... It, it's... A, it kind of works like a dog and a dog will like is your man's best friend. So like, for example, if you and Monster Hunter Rise are just slashing at nothing, if you just have your dual blades out, you're going crazy like this, there's no enemy around, your Palico will look at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Your dog will just slash an air with you nice. because it, it is your best friend. <laughs> it is going to do what you want. So like, I think that kind of, it changes things up. So it's no longer about the hunt really. You, when you get into a map on in Monster Hunter World, assuming you've seen the monster already, even if you haven't, it's not hard to deduce. Like, you get it on the map immediately of, this is where the monster is. Just hit right click, then it'll highlight on the map. You just write under Palamute right there. It takes, from Monster Hunter World, I would say it took about four to five minutes between accepting a quest and actually getting to the monster because of load times and it's a big over open world and all that stuff. And like, you were actually walking there. In Rise, I would say it takes maybe 40 to 50 seconds hmm. of, like, how long it takes before, like, time until monster head sword thing. Like, that is, I think, one of the biggest changes for me is they realize, hey, you're on a portable system. You don't have time to sit there and, like, track your monster or uh, wait for the spirit bugs to, like, glow sure. in a specific direction. It is, get your ass over there, go hit that thing right now. And I think that works out super well for how it's no longer about the hunt. It is now more about the fight. And I think it's one of the more useful things about it. And in that vein, the other big feature is the spirit bug, which is a 
or Wirebug, I should say. I don't know what I'm saying. Straight bug. Uh, Wirebug, where basically you have new moves that involve this like bug you can throw out and then attach like like a Spider-Man web to it. So you can, because the maps are now a lot more vertical, you can now climb up spaces you could not climb up before. If there is a monster between you, like there's a mountain ridge between you and a monster, you can just go over that mountain ridge instead of just walking all around it or some other method of trying to get there a little bit faster. If you, if this monster is like charging at you, you can dodge out of the way with these wire bugs. They also have individual weapon skills that make things a lot different of making, like if you don't understand your weapon, if as long as you understand the skills, you are getting a lot, you're going to be able to get the most out of your weapon that you could not before. Like they start you off with a long sword in this game. The long sword is the best beginner weapon it's also needlessly complicated of like charging up the spirit for it, of like making sure it charges up three levels. And after that, you can unleash a big like combo on stuff. And that's cool. It's also very difficult to do because charging up three levels requires doing smaller combos along the way. And if you're not used to that, and it can also just be like a monster just kind of walks out of your way when you're trying to do a combo, that can really piss you off. If you just use a spirit skill to like basically samurai slash through it, and then it'll like do that thing where it just hits it a thousand times. Then it raises you up one level immediately. And it's not hard for newcomers to figure out, like, okay, I think I see what this did. I think I see why this is important. And it makes the fights a lot more interesting and dynamic because then you suddenly have like four people all doing their skills and trying to balance out, okay, I just did mine, but I should save this because this Magnamalo has a status effect that I need to use the web for. Or I should just save this because if this thing goes crazy, I need to get the hell out of the way. I'm going off like on a big tangent here, but what I'm saying is all these things add up in a way that like I went back and played World because there are bosses I did not beat in World, like the Behemoth and things like that. It feels very slow in comparison. It wow. feels like I'm missing things. So my question is, uh, Imran Khan, you talk about it's about getting you to the fight faster, and that's because it was portable. I remember reviewing the PSP Monster Hunters and stuff, and one of the big things was, of course, tracking your monster, right? Even when you got to it, you fought it, then it would be a paintball. It would run off the map. You'd have to run off the map. There'd be a load. Even for, And I'm obviously talking about a game in 2008, right, 2009, when I'm reviewing these on PSP. What is it now? Is it You're talking about getting the fight faster. Are the fights more compact? Are the monsters still taking off and you need to give chase to them? They the, they will take off. Like you will show them, but there's no ever, no need for a paintball. Once you see one, it is always on your map. Period. So like you will see, let's say Azuros, which is a bear, which is a it's a it's a funny bear because like if you have honey in your inventory, it will steal it and just start sitting there and eating it, which is hilarious. Bears, especially as you hit it in the head with a hammer for taking your honey. But like let's say you see an Azuros, you start fighting it. At some point, it's like I'm gonna get the fuck out of here because like I do not like being hit with a hammer in the head. So you just like. You will either get in a palamute, start following it, and start like dogging it literally by hitting yeah. it with a with the dog's like kunai in its mouth, or like fly off your dog and go hit it or something like that, and just chase it somewhere else. Or like you can let it be. And one of the so in previous monster hunters, you would like eat food to get your set upgrades. And once you fainted, those set upgrades would be gone for that quest. Here, you can eat food. The set upgrades are not as big, but they will still be like they will not go away once you die. The okay. big thing is there are endemic life around the map that once you pick up, either become permanent or uh, temporary buffs for your character for that quest. So, if you don't feel like immediately going to search for the monster, or if the monster has run away and it happens to run through a path that there's like there's some endemic life you can pick up. 
the next time you're there, the next time you're fighting it, you will have these stat upgrades or these stat buffs that make you stronger. So it doesn't feel like you're ever losing anything. You're only getting stronger against it. Nice. Okay. It seems a lot faster paced, like even just like watching the footage that Barrett was just playing. Like I, I didn't play World, but like watching Greg and then play, like even the battles themselves seem a little bit more like actiony, like platinum games almost. Like, does it cross over that level of you being like, but this isn't a platinum game? Like it's close, but it's not. The wire bugs make a big difference, but no, like a lot of stuff still leaves you immobile, and it's still at its heart a Monster Hunter game. So if you were having, if you have a big sword out there. You have to put that sword away before you start like running or dodging uh, extensively. Oh, dodging, you can still do whatever. But like before you start running away from the monster or trying to get a better angle and stuff like that, it's never going to feel exactly like like a, a character action game or like God, how God Eater does, like trying to mix character action and monster hunting. But it does feel a lot faster. It makes, I would say, this is as big a leap from World as World was from the previous Monster Hunter games. Hmm. Like it wow. does, it does feel like. Even if you were a little tired, or not tired, but even if you were a little intimidated by how immobile you get, it's the the ramp up to learning how to deal with that is a lot like less steep and more. It like so the the actual story mode of this is like they call them village quests or hub quests, and hub quests are like the go in there fight a monster. It has a ton of HP. Village quests have like. Slightly more of a story, but like it's mostly the monsters are easier. They tutorialize you in how to fight them, and I think that's unless you're a big like a experienced monster hunter player, it's usually better to start out with that and then like try and figure out okay, this is the pacing, this is the weapon I want, these are this is the way I want to play this game. And I think it it's a smarter idea of how to separate that stuff out. It it's not like in ter- that terms, it's probably the easiest monster hunter game i played but once you actually do go into like the hub quest and the higher rank mm, and stuff like mm. that it does get harder that said and this is the thing that like people know about now because like the game is out but when i was playing it pre-release i was really surprised at how thin the end game was because this game is just straight up not done it is <laughs> the inverse of cyberpunk where it is polished to an absolute sheen but the content is all there yet like wow there, there's going to be a big update in April that has like a bunch of new monsters. There's going to be a bigger update in the summer that has like literally the end of the game. But like, if you were going to like, oh, this is, if you thought for a second this is they were going to start this game where world ended in terms of content, nope. <laughs> they had- so how many? How I mean, like I know you can replay stuff and grind and go for armor and all that jazz. But like, what would you say? You've done hundreds of hours, but when did you run out of new content? I guess I would or say that, yeah. at at, a, at about. I started, I fought the final, final end boss of the hub quest at 60 hours, maybe 50 hours, okay. Okay. which is okay. like a decent amount of time. But if you were sure, the kind oh, of yeah, person yeah. who like, if you, if you like me were in Monster Hunter World for 500 hours, you were not getting that from the jump here. You were getting a much uh, thinner experience that I assume at some point is going to be like fleshed out and all that stuff. But for right now, if you were going into this thinking, okay, yeah, this is just going to be world portable. Mm, not quite not yet for this type of game for monster Hunter specifically do you think that that is a good idea or do you think that they should have came out kind of more content heavy here and then maybe lighter updates along the way because like to me it seems like 50 60 hours that's a big chunk especially knowing that april is not that far away for the next update i would imagine that this was probably a combination of covid financial years and nintendo saying it has to be out by march 
Like mm-hmm. those are probably the 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 most logical reasons why this thing is as thin as it is. Because like, it, yeah, April is not that far away. That stuff probably should have just been in the game. I'm guessing it's like, well, we just can't. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> it's just this ain't happening. Yeah. So like, there's new elder dragons, a bunch of new monsters. They've teased like the Monster Hunter Four monsters, like uh, title box monster will be in the game. Like, it does sound like a bunch of new interesting things. And the fact that there's like, so world didn't have insects. World only had two kind of skeleton types: wyverns and like beasts that were on four legs. They got rid of like a lot of more interesting. Uh, animal types that were like skeletal types in that game because it was just like that was it was too much for them to do at with that new like engine change or not engine change but like new framework they were working on so this game it reintroduced insects which makes me think like oh they actually have more skeletons available that there's going to be like a bigger chance for different types of monsters to appear so i'm looking forward to that that like there'll just be more variety in what they put out next so even though it's thinner like I, I may just be forgiving this because I like this game so much, but even though it's thinner, I'm looking forward to them being able to like flesh it out way more because I bet their fleshing out looks a lot more interesting than what they were able to do with Monster Hunter World. Besides just amount of content, are there things you preferred in World that aren't in this one? Or that were changed? I, I think... Okay, I this is like the the... The shitty arguments which owners aren't going to want to hear, but the fidelity thing does make a, a difference. Mm. Like, it just doesn't... World is a beautiful game. World is an absolutely fucking beautiful game. Uh, Rise is great for the Switch. Like, it is... It's still... It honestly boggles my mind sometimes looking at some of these character models. Like, how the fuck did you get this to work on the Switch? But it's still, like... We're looking at, like, a 1080p game that doesn't always look like... Like uh, there are monsters you can see in the distance that have that get, that Dark Souls frame rate thing going of like they're missing every like five frames, so they kind of look like they're flapping in a slideshow. Like I, I get it. I get why they had to do that. I get that this the Switch is not the PS4 or the Xbox One, mm. much less newer consoles. But boy, I wish that I could have this at 60 frames per second in 4K or you know that kind of I. It's such a technical achievement that I feel bad talking about it, but. Honestly, there's some part of me that's probably going to buy this game when it comes out on PC too, because I want to see it run <laughs> at its absolute best. And I think that is the one thing that kind of it makes me it makes me wish there was a little bit more technology to the game. Mm. And again, this is a completely unfair criticism because it is doing everything with that console that it could possibly do. But man, I going from world to this, you will notice like the bump down in fidelity. I moved from my big uh, OLED screen to my computer monitor for this one just because it's looking a little too blurry, which, like, yeah, that, that happens sometimes with Switch games, and I wish it didn't. Mm-hmm. Hopefully a Switch Pro, if that yeah. exists, does fix so, that. Because I get <laughs> we'll tired of, of the jaggies on the characters. Like, I, 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 like year one, I, I don't know what happened, but I, like, I, didn't, I didn't notice it, right? Like, I, I think it was because the Switch was this brand new thing, and I was so in love with all the games that are on it, but... By by 2020, by the time Hyrule Warriors came out, that was the one for me where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore because this game is running at five frames a second, <laughs> and this this game does not look great. And I know if this game, I know I know if I push through it, I'm gonna have a really good game here because I love Breath of the Wild, and I know people love the 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 Dynasty Warrior Musou games, and I've heard a lot of people say good things about Hyrule Warriors. But man, yeah, where the switch at it, where the switch is at with the with fidelity, I think is kind of getting into like a place where. 
it's not dire because the Switch is the Switch and it's gonna sell, and and I don't think that's too much of a of an issue for Nintendo as a company. But I really hope we get the Switch Pro late this yeah. year because I think I think it's time. And I feel like this is a game that's gonna like sell Switches. So like having a yeah. technically improved version when the, whenever they do release the Switch Pro would ha- sell more Switches. Like there's a there's a really good commercial in this for Japan where so like. I assume the reason they made this game is they want to like kind of hit that PSP thing of people who play the game portably on the train and stuff like that. You can't really do that currently because obviously gatherings, public transport, all this stuff is kind of fraught. And the Japanese commercial is they show people playing the game on the PSP like as teenagers and then showing them all like logging in online and like talking to their friends like, yeah, let's play the new Monster Hunter again. And Like that's kind of what this game does for me is like world nostalgia, probably not really a thing yet. But this does kind of hit back to me of like Monster Hunter Portable 3 was that like Japanese themed Monster Hunter. And one of the things they did with this one is they it's Japanese theme again. And they take a lot of like yokai and spirits and Japanese legends and make monsters out of them. I think they do it so fucking well. Like I don't know you don't know need to know a whole lot about yokai to know like that one fucking umbrella demon that's in every game <laughs> that like is an umbrella with an eye on it. Uh, they basically take a giant bird and put it like a bunch of feathers around it, and that that's the monster they made out of that like myth. And I think that's it's such a cool idea, like looking at the stuff, like oh, this is like the myth of the evil mermaid. So it's like a a big mer- a big yellow monster mermaid that like cracks shells on its chest, so it like blinds you with them. Like it's stuff like that that details about this game that this series gets so well that I just I. At this point, I can easily see Monster Hunter Rise being my game of the year. Wow. I don't like, we'll see how the rest of the year goes. But like, this is one of those things of I've played this game for 100 hours. I can easily see myself playing for 100 more. Wow. I think one of the big, yeah. one of the big like things that I think hurts it for me personally, uh, but puts it in the same conversation of what you're talking about, Imran, is that if we were at the office, I think I'd be playing it. Mm-hmm. Where I, it, it, it strikes me the same way you're talking about it, where I'm like, I sit here and I have the giant TV and I have the you know new systems and they're all doing 4K or whatever, and it's that idea of me like, well, I could I you know I already put so much into World and obviously I never came back, I not obviously I didn't come back for Iceborne. Maybe I should do that if I really wanted to, but even that I don't feel excited to go do. I'm very jazzed for Outriders this week. I'm I, so I'm like biding my time with that. Whereas if it was, we were still going to the office. Like, you know, Mike's playing it right now. You're playing it right now. I feel like if we were going to the office, it would be akin to how it was for PSP with me. Mm-hmm. Where it was that at IGN, there'd be a few of us that sat around and played and sat around and went and did a hunt and went off. Like, you know, for Peace Walker, like, you know, me and Mike Pereira, Media Mike would go to the bar, right? And play missions there and do stuff there. Me and Caleb will go do that. Like, I feel like if we were there right now, I'd be able to sell Kevin on playing it with us. And I think there'd be, you know, Mike would be playing and like we'd probably get somebody else to fall in with us. And then it would be the idea of like, well, I'm playing whatever I'm, I'm playing Outriders, I'm playing whatever at home on the big TV on the big console. But when I'm at around the desk in between things, we're going on a quick hunt. We're doing something like that. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people like got swept up in Monster Hunter World, and that like that is their experience for Monster Hunter at this point too. And like, I understand that reasonably, but I my my plea is if you played Monster Hunter World and you want more of that kind of game, Rise, I think makes enough improvements that it's very difficult to go back. So I would suggest at least giving that game a shot. I know like a lot of people, if you don't have a group of friends, it's going to be extremely difficult to like stay on that game. And luckily I do happen to have some that like do want to play, but it is just as good as world in terms of like 
it's a you can't do it from the pause menu anymore but other than that it's almost identical okay and they don't they don't have the same thing anymore where like you have to wait for a cutscene to finish before somebody else can join like there's just entirely separate multiplayer quests so you can do your single player and then go to multiplayer ones and play this like do some hunts with friends and you can do it like whether they've seen it or not so it's a really good system that like capcom has learned their lessons from world which is surprising because when iceborne made a lot of the same mistakes i was like uh, maybe they don't really get what changes people made made here or wanted here i think mm. here they really this proves i actually did understand and like as someone who's like i played the demo and i really i didn't really dig it i thought it was like oh this is fine i think it feels like they're maybe going a little bit like older school with this no no the full game really just changed my mind <laughs> do you think that the next one presumably let's say it's on ps5 and xbox series mm. x do you think that it is going to be more in line with Rise, even though Rise was based on the Switch's portability? I think so. I think these are probably all like QOL, QOL changes that are going to be like done through the rest of the series. Like, there is no reason to go backwards from this stuff. Like, this I think is this sets the new standard for what a theoretical world two is going to be. Mm. Very cool. Well. Everyone, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Imran, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for talking about Monster Hunter Rise. A lot of people have been asking about it. And now you got everything you need to know right there. You should play it. Go play it. Let us know in the comments below if you've been playing it. And Imran, where can people find you if they want more of the dawn? Uh, you can find me at fanbyte.com where I do writing, news, and podcasts. Hell yes. Of course, Blessing and Greg, I love you both too. Barrett, you as well. Thank you for running the shows. We appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. When you said Don, I thought you said Dong, and I was really concerned for a second. Dongtober is going to be... You guys <laughs> have to do it again. It's coming yeah. back. Yeah, well, yeah. we got to decide what game we got to play, though. Now, guys, We're going to play DK64 again. Why not? I've been thinking, I was like, I want to do a Tony Hawktober, just because it oh. sounds good. <laughs> oh, my God. But the problem but is, I don't play. think the game streams well, because the music is so much of the game. Yeah. But eh, we'll figure it out later. Until then, I love you guys. And remember, if you're a patreon.com slash kind of funny games silver or above supporter, you get the exclusive post show that we're about to do. Right? Meow. <laughs>